What's up? And welcome to Clarity for Parents of Athletes, bringing you stories from professional athletes about their parents and how they were raised. My name is Gabe Nocere from aclearmind.com. All right, and welcome to episode number 23. I hope you have been enjoying everything so far. And as always, I ask you to please rate, review, subscribe, and share the podcast with others so that they too can be just as inspired as you are from the stories of these athletes who I've been interviewing and also from the episodes with just me. And this is another one of those. Uh, But before we get started, I want to extend the offer that I left at the last episode with Ayana Whitney, that if you write a favorable review on Apple Podcasts and let me know about it, I will not only read your review in an episode, but I will also extend a no-strings-attached free powerful coaching session with you. I do everything on the phone, so you can be anywhere, anytime with it, and uh, would love to continue to help people see the experience of the transformative method and philosophy that I follow. So again, all you need to do is go to Apple Podcast, write a review, and just shoot me an email or connect with me on social media, and let me know that you did that. I will read it, and boom, we'll schedule you a free and powerful coaching call. I also have a group on Facebook called Clarity for Parents of Athletes, and that's a place where you can read comments about parenting athletes from other people in the group and uh, connect with others who have something in common with you. And it's been really cool to see all the feedback uh, from the posts that I put on there and that others have put on there as well. So it's really some informative stuff. So again, all you need to do is go to Facebook and find the group Clarity for Parents of Athletes and request to join, and I will approve. Other things that I do, just so you know, other things that I do, I also, obviously I work with individuals as far as coaching, but I do work with small groups as well, and I do workshops for players, workshops for parents, and really workshops for anybody because the philosophy behind the work that I do, if you listen to the episode number one, really can go into so many, every basically avenue of life. Uh, really powerful stuff. So uh, you can find out more about me on my website, and that is a clearmind.com. Now, this episode is inspired for a couple reasons. And to be true, to be honest with you, I was kind of stuck what to talk about exactly. And then within a couple hours of of just letting the natural flow and the process of life come to me and trust that I will be inspired for something, it, boom, all of a sudden came by an old friend of mine who I saw at the gym, and we started talking about her experience as a, a soccer mom and her dad, or no, I'm sorry, her father of her children, her husband, who is helping coach one of the daughters. And um, it can be a little, I guess, verbally forceful on the sideline. That's kind of how she put it, something like that. And so I started talking to her about the podcast and different things, and, and things started just to come to me. And I really got some inspiration from that moment. So and this is actually something that's kind of been going on in my head uh, for a while, kind of on and off. Some of it is based on 
the book that I just finished reading called Soul Survivor, How an Abandoned Child Went from Nothing to Everything. Now, that's written by Robert Ian Bonick, who I interviewed a few episodes ago, and he is the man who I met in Bali, just kind of out of the blue, and he invited me into his cafe to chat, and we chat, hit it off, and we kept going back to the the cafe because there was a playground uh, real close to his cafe that we went to. We took our son to every day that we were in Bali, in the, actually in the city that we were in, which is called Changu. And uh, found that Robert and I had a lot of connections, especially the more I read this book, I was like, wow, man, this guy and I really, we see eye to eye on so many different things. So one major thing which is connected to this episode that he talked about in his book is called a heart goal. It's basically why you are doing something. If it's something that comes from your heart, you will have much more success from it. Now, I've talked about this in other episodes. You can do things from either your heart or from a place of ego, which comes from your thinking and your need to be better, stronger, faster, richer, better looking, whatever it is. So you can do things from both of those places, but each one can take you to a level of success, quote unquote, in what you're doing with that motivation but one will sustain you. One will lead you to more injuries, which I'm sure you can imagine it's the one coming from ego. And that place also can really deter you from loving what you're doing, obviously, because it's coming from your your brain and your thinking instead of your heart. Essentially, if you love what you're doing, then you will be successful. And that's really the the commonality in all these athletes that I've interviewed so far is they loved their sport. That's why they were so successful. So there's an interesting statistic that also came up several times today as I'm recording this, that 70% of children quit sports by the time that they are 13. And the number one reason for that is it isn't fun anymore. Now, the the study doesn't go into why they think it's not fun, or maybe it does, but it, it I didn't read the actual study. I just read several articles that had that number, that 70% of children uh, quit sports by age of 13. So I'd really like to know why they found it's not fun anymore. And I'm guessing that parent pressure has something to do with it coaching pressure, who knows what else, peer pressure, feeling that they're not good enough, I think essentially is the bottom line. And all those factors, parent pressure, coach pressure, peer pressure, if they're all coming from a negative place instead of a place of trying to help and love, which essentially pressure doesn't really come from that place, at least from parents it doesn't, but if they're not if they're feeling so much pressure, they're not going to enjoy what they're doing. And there's a big chance that they're feeling like they're not good enough. So as I mentioned earlier on in this episode, you can play sports, you can train at a high level because of the love for your sport, but you can also do the same thing because we have a need to prove ourselves. And that comes from ego, right? And we feel the need to prove ourselves. We have to prove ourselves by winning and being better than others, whatever that means and whoever gets to judge that but usually it comes from winning that's kind of the measure like oh i won so that means i'm better which isn't always necessarily true in sports there's teams that aren't 
as good, but still sometimes win because of some chance, right? That they get. And that happens a lot in soccer. That you all you hear that a lot. Oh, the the better team lost today, you know, and it just happens. Yeah, that sometimes a team is is dominating the soccer ball. There's dominating possession, and they're just not scoring. And then the other team gets a fluke chance, fluke penalty kick. And boom, they win, but the other team was essentially better. So that happens quite a bit. So, you know, this idea of measuring ourselves by wins, I think, is really a false one. But essentially, when we don't prove ourselves that we are good or we are better, then we feel like it's a reflection of who we are. And we start to believe that we're not good enough. And you can imagine if young children start playing sports with this belief that they need to prove themselves by winning, then they can really lose focus about why they're participating in their sports. And they, they lose the love for their sport very, very quickly, especially with added pressure from parents. And parents are the ones, once we add pressure, then to be good enough or to play harder or better and we get scolded when children get scolded for not doing those things then they're not they're feeling like they're not good enough and that's when they start losing their love for the sport so they feel like it's a reflection of who they are right oh i'm not good enough oh i'm a loser whatever when people especially children know that winning doesn't define who we are like we're not a loser because of this then we free ourselves to play more freely. And, and I'm sure you can imagine once we're, we feel like we're free in our sport, we can enjoy it. And enjoyment and freedom really leads to playing better and to success and to wanting to improve and wanting to practice and train harder and better and become more dedicated to our sport because we're free and we are free to love what we're doing without these added pressures. So think about why you started play sports. And I'm sure it started, if you can remember that far ago, because you wanted to have fun. And then along the way, it became about something else, right? Then it became about your image or wanting to get on a better team or how you look in your uniform and you know, people liking you and getting a partner because of it, or who, who knows where our thoughts can take us. But we start to lose the foundation of why we played in sports. And, and professionals go through that as well. You know, they all start out because they love their sport and they're having fun. And then it slowly starts to become more about something else, right? These added pressures of then being on a better team, or the team they're on winning all the time. And then it can become about college scholarships or an invitation to play in college or then professionally. And then it becomes about a career. And it's always there. You're always there. As a professional, you're always proving yourself because it's way easier to get to the professional level than it is to stay at the professional level. Those guys that have been there 10, 14 years those guys are truly impressive because every year there's a new crop of younger players coming up underneath you. So it's easier to get there than it is to stay there. And you have to love it to stay there. 
So when you're there as a professional, you stay, you know, you have this need to stay in the mix and it becomes about a job and your family potentially losing the security of, of your income coming in. Or you lose the foundation of the fun of playing the sport. And that's where I often find myself coming back to with my clients is for them to find the fun again in what they're doing in their sports, almost like when they're a kid again. So why do you want your child to play sports? And I can tell you my experience as a father, you know, I, if you listen to my first episode, you'll know that I coach soccer at a very high youth level. And I could see the things that how these kids were growing as individuals. And I wanted that for my children because I know you learn a tremendous amount of discipline and how to push yourself. And obviously there's a social aspect as well. But the discipline and the pushing yourself beyond your limits, beyond your comfort zone, which I always try to do with my teams, that is so beneficial for them when they go to school and college, if they go to school or if they start a profession right out of high school or whatever it is. They learn to push themselves. You have to push yourself beyond your comfort zone to achieve some kind of success, as long as it's good for your soul, of course. There's always that balance of how far you push yourself because you have to nurture your body and your spirit as well. So that was what I wanted for my kids. I wanted them to learn, or at least, I'm sorry, my daughter's older, so she's kind of out of sports, but that's what I wanted her to go through. I wanted her to learn the discipline and how to push herself. And she's learned that. I've seen that with how she works right now in her job. And I get to see her on a daily basis because she works for me, which is actually really, really cool. But I can see the pride that she has in what she's doing. And she just goes and knocks it out. And that's what you have to do when you're competing at any kind of level if you want to be successful, whether it's on the field or off the field. Now with my son, he's six years old, so for him, I want him to see what he wants to do as far as sports or whatever it is. He's really into violin as well, but it's basically the same concepts of teaching him. If you want to get good at something, you have to practice it. You have to love it, but you have to practice it. So there's always that fine line that I find myself going through is not to push too hard, but to say, hey, if you want to improve, What is it going to take? And for him to also, and to also reiterate, whenever I find him that he is succeeding, it's like, hey, you're doing really well. Why do you think you're doing well? And he he knows the answer. He's like, because I'm practicing. I'm like, boom, there you go. And it's amazing to see that sometimes he's like, I'm just going to, I'm going to go practice my violin without me even saying anything because he wants to be into it. So we'll see if that, that goes into sports, but it can go into other things, non-sports related as well. Essentially, it's a big practice of discipline. And that's what it takes to be successful in anything in life. You have to be disciplined. You have to be willing to do what you don't necessarily love doing at the beginning. If the magic formula is if anybody can grow to love what they once did not love to do, that leads to so much success. We all start at some point not loving or hating certain things that we have to do. But again, if we can all grow to love everything that we're doing, especially the things we once did not love, oh man, 
You are limitless at that point. Nothing can stop you. So I shared my experience. I wanted to share other people's experience as well. So I put this question out to my group on Facebook, the Clarity for Parents of Athletes group. And here's what one person said. said, personally, I did not grow up in a household where it was an option to play sports financially. I felt the kids who played sports had a bond with one another. I wanted that for my kids. That's beautiful. Yeah, that social part and that social connection is so huge. And that's something that I reiterated to the last club team that I coached full time. I said, you guys, like once this is over, you will have all you will have left are your memories and your appreciation, your connection for each other. And that goes so far in life. So here's another one that another parent wrote. I see athletics as a way to make lasting friendships and encourages good work ethic and sportsmanship. It helps develop teammates and leaders who take those attributes later into life. Most of all, it has helped us on our trek to build good humans. Man, that's huge. That's powerful. So yeah, that that the attributes later into life, that's so true with career. We've seen it so many times uh, in my business that I have is those young people, because we have a lot of young people that we hire, the ones that have played sports competitively and have trained, especially the ones that have trained at a high level, they really know how to push themselves. And they don't often stay in my business because they can't quite, only a few people can make a true career out of it where that's their only job. This is a, it's a good stepping stone for young people uh, to work. I have an indoor soccer arena. The hard work and discipline that they learn, again, really goes to help them later on in a career and a family as well, as you can imagine. So here's another one. Here's uh, another parent wrote, mainly for staying healthy outside of sitting in school, developing the art of balance, which, and uh, this person meant healthy mind, healthy body. And it's so true. Like they, everybody needs to be able to move. You move your body, you move your spirit essentially. Okay. One more here. So this person wrote many reasons. Here are a few teamwork, adversity, discipline, competing, dealing with losing or failure. And nowadays it doesn't hurt to keep them off electronics and moving a bit. Boom. That's the one right there. You know, if you've listened to my other episodes, you know my feeling on electronics and and giving children a little bit too much free access to electronics. But that is so huge. Yeah, teamwork. You learn how to work with people and you can imagine in the in the job field that you need to be able to do that if you're going to maintain your job and you're going to have success in what you're doing. Adversity. Absolutely. You have to learn how to deal with adversity, which again, I've mentioned that in one of my other episodes, how to help your child deal with adversity that essentially I believe that children are born to be resilient, but parents oftentimes can put a little too much pressure on them and it breaks their ability to be resilient. And all these professional athletes that I've dealt with, they have to deal with adversity. They have to be resilient. And essentially, they have to continue to love what they're doing. So dealing with losing or failure, that's basically the same thing, how to deal with that adversity, that you have to be comfortable and you have to be okay with the fact that you're going to lose and that's just part of it. And we have to almost understand and welcome that's just a part of life. Because if if we're always afraid of losing, Right? It comes from a, a fear of that that's going to define who we are. We will not be successful 
if we're always afraid of losing. We can enjoy winning and accept losing that it doesn't define us. And when we can do that, that's resiliency. That helps us bounce back. So we often lose sight of why we place our children in sports, you know, for the discipline or for the social aspect to help build a foundation for them. We can lose sight of these things when our fear takes over. And for some parents, our fear can take over very, very quickly. And essentially, it, at the very root of it, it's a fear that our children aren't good enough or that it's a reflection of our parenting. That is the root of it. Now, on the outer layer, it comes out to possibly yelling at our children or yelling at the coach or blaming the referee or whatever it is. That's on the exterior. That's at the conscious level. But the unconscious level, or maybe sometimes can go into the conscious level, it's this fear that our child's not good enough. And again, this fear that we're not good enough parents. Our children will feel that unconsciously or even consciously sometimes. One question I like to ask parents in the workshops that I do is, do you want your child living with that fear that they're not good enough? I'm sure you can imagine the answer. But sometimes we act in a different way that is actually leading them to building this fear, this conscious or unconscious fear within them. Do you want your child playing their sport and doing whatever they're doing freely and with extreme love. You know, if children are given the choice to follow what their soul really wants to do, the child will naturally gravitate to whatever they love to do. And if they truly love doing what they're doing, they will work harder at it, which usually results in more success and happiness. Happiness will lead to success. Love leads to success no matter what we're doing. And basically, it's a parent's job to not screw that up for them by placing demands, threats, pressure, yelling on the sidelines, whatever it is. It's our job to love and support them, to nourish them, place them in the best environment for them to succeed, and then listen to them, both with your ears, but also your eyes and your soul, because you feel that connection. You know when your child's not happy. So if they're not enjoying what they once loved to do, maybe look internally to see if you might have a responsibility in that with how you're communicating to your child, either verbally or non-verbally. Because again, children, they feel what their parents are going through. They have a huge connection with parents. Looking inward is such a blessing when we stop pointing fingers and we can look at ourselves because it gives us the opportunity to see something that's potentially we're not seeing and to shed another layer of our ego and to operate from more of a clear mind. And when we operate from more of a clear mind, that passes down to our children and to everybody else we come in contact with. Our children will flourish and they will love whatever they're doing if we're coming from a high vibration in whatever we're doing. In order to do that, we look internally and we come from our heart. And if you need a little bit of help trying to come from that place of heart and shed extra layers of your ego, which we all have, and it's okay to have, but if you're ready to take that next step, let me know. I'm happy to help you out either 
personally or in small group or in a workshop. So just go to my website at clearmind.com. I hope this was helpful to you. I wish you all the best. And remember, ask yourself, remind yourself, why? What is your heart goal in what you're doing? What is your heart goal? What is your child's heart goal for what they're doing? And keep them in that place because the heart will never fail you. All right, much love to you and many blessings.